We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. I'll be able to control myself because I'm barely able to right now. I'm going to try to keep my composure. A few moments later. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. We've got Light Years Pod, Andy Liu, Sam Spendiari. We are at number 23, Draymond Green. 23. Draymond. Are there, are there Only one player that we know that wears 23. Yeah, there's there's no one else. Fan. Well, I guess Jordan, but those are the only famous 23s ever. <laughs> That's it. Just That's those it. two. Yeah. Uh, what's up, man? <laughs> you, you, so we, we I recorded an episode with Drew in your place. It wasn't, you know, Drew, Drew's cool, but you know he's, he's no Andy Lou. Yeah, I came back and I, I told Sam no more white people on the pod. So it's just going to be... <laughs> It's just gonna be me and Sam from here on out. <laughs> it's, it's an important ratio. We get we, we got a statistical calculation. Make sure it you know that affirmative action is is carried. <laughs> this is a light years pod. Um, how yes. is yeah, so so uh, you went to Japan and, and Korea. I'm not gonna make you talk about it too much, but um, what was the highlight? Um, I stayed at this this uh, it's uh, for the Japanese people. However many that are listening, I stayed at a Ryokan, which is essentially a Japanese guest house. It's a traditional guest so it's like you you get to wear like the clothes and um it's like hard floors things like that it was and it's like overlooking the uh the beach and it's like all the way up at the top of a kind of a, a really small city but it's pretty deserted um so i got to do that it comes with like a spa that's like pretty much like right there you get your own spa and like overlooks it so that was probably the best part it comes with dinner um and breakfast i'm not a big sushi guy um so it, but they had like beef and oh, lobster and, seriously? and i'm not i'm just not a big fan um i just i, I the sashimi kind of tastes like rubber to me um I, I i'm weird man i just don't i didn't like it You're, but uh the the meat meat was great 
It was fantastic. This is going to be the thing people comment on most. They're just going to start <laughs> criticizing you for not liking sushi. How, My food, how on, uh, how on earth are you? Yeah. How on earth are you Asian living in San Francisco and just <laughs> indifferent to sushi? Here, here's the thing. Like, it's I'm Chinese, so it's I, it's got to be fried. It's got to be oily. You know, I need the MSG and and sushi is just like Japanese people. They're really healthy and and their quality is good. So I'm not gonna like. Chinese people so are too, more too, like too healthy for you. It's too healthy. It's for too you. healthy, man. Like it's too. <laughs> but the meat was fantastic. Like Korea and Japan had like the best. Like the stuff in the U.S. They don't. It doesn't compare. And then I, I will say, I will say, I don't want to hang on this for too long. But I will say the people uh, in Asia when I went to Vietnam and Thailand last year, they're just much nicer people. But you know, I think that's everywhere else in the world besides the U.S. I think we're just the worst. Well, I think, um, it's, I, think I think I I disagree. I think it's vacation. When you're on vacation, everyone seems nice to you because you're in a better mood. <laughs> Just think about it. When are you in your best mood? When you're waking up in a foreign country on vacation or walking into your cubicle at 8 a.m.? I mean, it's, okay. it's, it's like, it's, I mean, a, a lot of it is. It, just kind of the energy you're putting out there, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the other thing is, and it's a small example, but it's like people honk, you know? It's like it's like in America, it's like everybody's honking at the smallest crap. It's like in, in these other countries, it's like they'll wait, they'll patiently wait, or if you cut them off or something like that, I don't drive. But like if you're taking a taxi and somebody cuts someone off, and it's like they don't really care. They kind of just are patient and kind of let things happen. And if you're in America, it's like the smallest thing, and someone's bitching and screaming at like 7 in the morning. It's like, dude, like, you got to go get late or something. It's, it's but, 7 a.m. Uh, you weren't you weren't waking up for the 6 to 7 a.m. <laughs> traffic in in South Korea. I promise in Tokyo, you, yeah. I promise yeah. you it was significant. It was the exact same thing. I've been to uh, I've traveled enough and had to get up at those weird hours in other countries. Everyone's everyone's uh, miserable at 7 a.m. in traffic. <laughs> let me uh let me let me just let me just keep this ideal in my head that way uh, like like how OKC fans keep their ideal that uh that Russ is better than Steph. Oh god. Um, <laughs> so I guess um the main story today Zach Lowe on his podcast um him and Ryan Rosillo were saying how the Warriors internally say no one um they think Russ is easy to defend which <laughs> I didn't think that was news. I thought everyone knew that. I, I mean, I, I thought Strauss put that out there. I, Marcus put it out. Hell, Marcus put on our pod last year. Um, it's, it's not like, uh, but, but, a, but then the internet gets a hold of it. You know, it gets, it gets aggregated by Bleacher Report and like some of these sites that, you know, kind of reach the full, uh, yep, yep. The full country. And, and yep. it was just, it was just shock. How dare they? Um, it's pretty funny. I tweeted out the, the stats just because I, I, was, I was fed up by some of the stuff I was seeing. But it's like, in the last three years, Russ doesn't even shoot 40% against the Warriors. Like, forget 50% or forget 45%. He's, he, his average against the Warriors is an 8 for 23 night. That's what he does on the regular. They bait him into – and it's the same thing every time. And it, it's just – nothing irritates me more. It's like, I, do you guys not watch the games? Like I know, he, I know he scowls. I know he, he has these cool highlight dunks in transition, but it's like plays against the warriors. He shoots them out of the game. And then, and then he wears some passive aggressive outfit and people think he's funny. Yeah, exactly. And, and here's the thing. Like the new argument is that look, like, Russ is no help. It's like how they say LeBron has no help, right? It's like, look, he has no help. He doesn't have KD. Watch out this year. He has Paul George and Melo. It's like, dude, 
he had KD like the first 10 years of his career. Like he played yeah, the Warriors I just, I just and he had it, KD. I just want to make it clear. He wasn't efficient with KD against the Warriors. With KD? Like, like, do you realize how impossible that is? He had the best scorer in the NBA, arguably. Yeah. No, he is the best scorer. There's, there's yeah. no way around it. Um, and uh, yeah, okay, Roberson's kind of a negative, but it's like you watch Russ play, it's mostly Russ is the reason that he's inefficient. It's not the people around him. It's the fact that like he takes the first shot available to him every time. And that works when you play against the Lakers when he can blow by someone and just dunk, right? But it's the same story against good teams every year. And, it, I mean, he's super talented, but he's in, what, year 11, year 10, right? You really think he's going to adapt? He's been doing the same <laughs> thing. He's been doing the same thing his whole career. And it's, it's, a, it's effective against 20, you know, 20 to 25 teams in the league, and then it puts an artificial ceiling every time. And then we fabricate some type of like I bring bring up. I think we wanted to bring up the. Uh, we'll bring it up first to start the uh, tweet of the week. Oh or, god! Uh, so I don't know. Mr. Travis Singleton, aka Sneaker Reporter, uh, <laughs> tweets out. <laughs> one second here. Let me let me pull it up. Um, so um, I won't I won't say it, but it's like fans essentially like they they make up a situation where it's. Like, okay, like, if you think of this, this guy, Russ, is going to be better than Steph. Like, uh, like something has to be created for it to happen. Like, some weird hypothetical. And um, it, it just, it just, it doesn't make sense. Like, you play basketball, you do what you do in real life. You want to do it as easily, as quickly, as best as you can, right? Like, that's, that's what you want to do. And instead, we have this thing, and I think we've talked about this this year. We have this thing where you get extra like man points or you get, I think if you dunk really hard, or if you go to the rim really hard, you get an extra point for making well, really tough play like, like, dude, like that's not how it fucking works. It's just like, because he's athletic and because he, he, he looks like he's trying really hard and like, he does play pretty hard on offense anyway. Um, <laughs> it's like people but, and you get tired, right? Then it's like, okay, but that, does that help your team? If now you're tired in crunch time, my like, thing does, is, he's is, just not is that so, really he's great? He's not sophisticated enough to ever be a <laughs> lead player on an <laughs> NBA title. No, I, I, people love to compare him to Kobe, but I watched all of prime Kobe and Kobe had his flaws. And most of those flaws were related to the fact that like people wanted to claim he was like the third best or the second best player of all time. And it's like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's calm down here. But like Kobe, one, Kobe was a very, a very good defender in his prime. Russ is not. Oh, right. Two, yeah. Kobe was locked two, down. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe was he, – he could, he could play at multiple different tempos. I'm talking about prime Kobe, um, not, you know, uh, retirement right, 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 tour. Right, right. I'm talking – the guy could play up-tempo. He could slow it down. He could read the defense. Like, you couldn't – it was – he was he was capable of thinking the game out. He would still take some dumb shots, but he was very capable of adapting to the situation. At what point has Russ ever adapted to anything? To get to that next level, he has to show he can adapt. And if you think he will, I mean, that's fine. But I haven't seen the evidence he will. But do not pretend the way he plays right now is capable of getting him over the top against the Warriors 
against help against LeBron and the Cavs, who kind of a weird team now, but like LeBron's still going to outthink that situation. He's going to he's going to mess with the way they play and bait bait Russ the same way the Warriors do, right? You know, I the thing the thing with it is I just it's that I mean I agree with you playing style all the criticism you know what it is I also think like that those criticisms were there beforehand I think they got washed away like completely washed away by his fans and really by the majority of fans um, because uh, KD left they're like hey KD left his guy he left him for the freaking seventy three win you know championship Warriors like so now that he's kind of slander free but it's also gotten to the point where it's like slander free to the point where like, this guy is the best point guard in the league. That's what pisses me off, right? It's it's like, wait, well, okay, like, I think people kind of understand that he, he his flaws. But then now we're gotten to the point where we're bringing him up to where he's the guy that's better than Steph. He's better than, you know, John Wall. He's better than Chris Paul. Um, or he's better than James Harden, right? Which, I, you know, I don't think he's better than any of those guys. Well, maybe John Wall. But it's also like they're willing to look past that, and it's because KD left. And Russ has played to that. He's played to that because – He's played this loyalty thing where it's like it's like he's staying um, and he's playing all this petty crap that people love. And honestly, like the stuff is funny, but it's like it also doesn't make you a better basketball player on the court. Like, well, and it's funny. It's funny if you want it to be funny. If if um, KD pulled some pulled some junk like that, uh, people wouldn't think it's funny. Right. So it's all perspective. It all goes back to right. the same. Well, point. Katie's kind of corny too, but oh, you know, oh totally. You know, that's Wait, yeah. yeah, you missed. Were Were you gone for his fake Twitter fiasco? Uh, I don't think that? we talked about it, but I. I that's I when you were flying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. No, um, was that it, or was that um? Well, not, Mello, when, no, Mello the Trump, the Trump did. stuff, the Trump stuff thing was when I was flying. Yeah, you 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 picked a good time, but yeah. So God. we're gonna, with that all aside. Let's go into our season preview, and we're going to start with um, – we're, we're going to do what? The five big questions? Five big questions, and we're really going to go over mostly just uh, West Elite. Air because the East is trash, and, and we don't need to go over that. Well, we'll, get low, we'll, get, we'll get a little East, but, yeah, it's okay. just kind of like – I mean, we don't really need to talk about the Warriors initially. We know. Everybody and knows. Like, and, yeah. I mean, there's enough podcasts doing, like, let's talk about every team, so – yeah. Um, so exactly, we're over under. So so we'll do first one. We'll kind of keep the uh, we're on OKC, so we will keep it going. Three super alphas. Um, yeah. Have they does... okay? Have they given themselves a nickname? Because the three alphas with, with the Bulls last year is my my favorite nickname. Just because you was like, like it, right? It was. I it like was it just too. so like nothing summed up uh, <laughs> Rondo and Wade's like self importance. <laughs> more than like proclaiming themselves the three alphas like Rondo you haven't been relevant for like four or five years Wade kind of similar it's not like you're bad players but like you definitely like you still think it's 2011 when you guys are like the big stars so oh dude so the, it kind of works here then like with Carmelo <laughs> he probably still thinks he's an A1 superstar like we've got Russ who thinks he's probably the best so, player in the so league, that's the got... thing Russ Melo's quotes have kind of like if he if you read between the lines on them, yep. they don't, they don't yep. suggest someone who's going to make all the sacrifices he yep. needs to make. Uh, he's joking, but he's not really joking. Like he's like, I'm, I'm coming off the bench. Like obviously not coming off the bench, but it's like I didn't like, come I'm here just to rebound. Though. You know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So it's like he's still th- <laughs> like everyone's like, oh, if he plays like Olympic Mellow, I'm like Olympic Mellow knew he was the the worst player on the court. <laughs> like Olympic Mellow wasn't telling Kobe, LeBron, <laughs> and those guys like what to do. 
this is an Olympic, like, you know, I mean, I know he, or he definitely thinks highly of Russ, but I don't think he's going to sit there and like concern himself with, with Andre Roberson or Ray Felton. Right. So, um, I, I think it could go two ways. I think they'll be really good. And, um, I think they'll probably be the three or the four seed, um, in the West. Uh, I don't know what to make of the Spurs right now, just because like the Kawhi injury, no one know, there's no updates on it, um, and if he's out for kind of an extended period, I kind of think that'll drop them just enough. Uh, but um, the OKC, it, they should be good, but a lot of the the ideas that they'll be over the top great is based on this idea that Melo and Russ will adapt. And like, kind of mature in a way that I guess I haven't seen signs that they will. I don't know. I don't know how, how you come out on that. Yeah, I mean, it just. I mean, the, the 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 funniest part would be that you know those those two guys leave, right? Paul George and Melo. I don't. I don't actually don't. You know, Melo's probably not because he has too much money. But you know, Paul George. I, I think they'll be fine in the regular season. Like they've got, they're too good. Like they they're kind. They're too talented. But well, that's what I'm saying. Playoff, like they're gonna come. They're gonna. They're gonna be a top four seed at worst, probably two or three. I think four. I think four. I think behind San Antonio. I think San Antonio's got the uh, got the regular season juice. I think Kawhi's gonna be fine, right? It's nothing too crazy. He's not, I don't think he's gonna miss it's too much. It's just not reported. They're, they're yeah, I mean that's San Antonio though, right? They've, they've it, got that. exactly, but it could be it could be something. It could yeah, not. that's so, true. So I'm just that's true, but uh, but either way, I, even I without think... Kawhi, they're gonna they're gonna win two out of every three games. Just cause yeah, like they'll beat they'll beat the Orlando's and like they'll probably beat like the Wolves or the Nuggets or one of those teams early season, you know, because those guys are you know trying to gel. But you know, it comes down to I don't think they get past the second round. Like, let's say they they get oh, the four see, seed. I, just, I disagree with you. Um, I think if they get the three seed, they knock off either San Antonio or Houston in the playoffs. No way. There's no chance that they knock off. Like, Houston's good. Houston's, like, you know, there, there was an article today, and we'll get to that um, on Houston. But Houston's got, like, the defensive versatility, and they've got the offense, and I think they're going to get the chemistry. Um, like, they, I think Harden and CP3 are actually going to mesh. And they'll be, like, unlike, and I don't think Russ and Mello and Paul George are. Um, so, so, as I slander Russ here, I, it's hard <laughs> for me to get. To go back hard, on the other side. It's hard for me to not think about. Harden's game six in the playoffs last year and Harden's uh, Harden being benched two years ago against the Clippers when they made that comeback in game six when Josh Smith made all those threes and Harden throw, turning it over 13 times against the Warriors in a big game and just like really believe that, you know, when if they face OKC and it's a close series, he's not going to pull something like that again. Yeah, but those were against, that's, like, that's, vastly better teams. That's cynicism, go ahead. that's cynicism on my part. Oh, the Clippers were not a better team. I mean, the, the Warriors and the Spurs. Like, those were teams that, I the mean, Spurs like, he did not didn't really Kawhi, have Kawhi. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard. And he laid one of the worst, like, I, yeah, that's, I'm just going to put it this way. For, for all the criticism I gave Russ, um, this is probably why people like him more than Harden. Because Russ goes out shooting 10 for 30 instead of, you know, taking 10 shots and being like MIA, right? What's funny is Harden's your guy too. He is. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I kind of think OKC, um, I might like him in the playoffs versus both those teams. I might. Um, I think, I think Paul George is really good. 
I think as much as I think it's hilarious, it bothers me that people think Russ is on the same level as Steph or KD, but that doesn't mean Russ is a bad player, right? Um, I, I acknowledge he's still like a top, he's a top 10 player. He's probably around five or seven or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I think they'll, I think they will be good. I think they may even be the team the Warriors place in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, but I also think people will overrate them and say that their chances of beating the Warriors are much better than they are to the point where that it's, it's very frustrating to deal with. Like you can't like honestly rate them. Like you well, either it, have to you either have to say that they're better than the Warriors or um, or downplay them. You know, it, it's like well, it's it's kind of like the human thing. It's like you you want to if you know if you were to plug these in into it, it's like when people rate the Celtics, right? Like the numbers, if you, if you spit, um, like you look at the, the, um, like Pelton's or whoever the guy, the guys that do like the analytics and stuff and, and they actually rate them. The Celtics, I think are rated like to win, you know, barely over 500 this year. But you talk to people uh, that are kind of like normal fans and don't, you know, don't know as much about basketball. They like the Celtics because they like those guys. They like the names they and they want the them names. to be good. Yeah. So they're like, Hey, these guys are going to win 50 games. Right. So it's like the same with the thunder. It's like, well, these guys, because I don't think they're going to gel, and I don't think that at the end of the day that that's going to work. But well, it's so like people want let's, let's it to get work. To, let's get to that because I do think the biggest they're going to they're going to have their ups and downs in the regular season, and I think it's mostly going to be because uh, Paul George doesn't get the touches he probably deserves. I think what's he's on Melo? I think he's going to. Well, so that's that's my thing. Russ is going to play like Russ. Like yeah. I don't think he's changing, and. Mello is just significantly more aggressive than Paul George. And Mello thinks he's a better player than Paul George. Like, do you, do you think Mello does not think he's a better player? <laughs> I'm not, I, I mean, we, I think we all acknowledge right. Paul George is the better player now. And I, well, here's the thing I think people, I think there are people that probably think Mello is a better player than Paul George right now. Like, like that's my thing. Like, people think, like, they want to believe that. This OKC team is OKC team is better than who they are because that's just what they want to believe, right? It's like they they want to think that Oak that Melo is on the level of that. They'll make any excuse they want. It's like, hey, you know, he had a bad team in New York, and you know, there's a reason why. You know, this guy wanted to go to New York so badly, he made him trade the whole damn team. And well, it's he, not even that. It's like he didn't. I mean, he can score, but does but he I mean, score efficiently? Yeah, most. But of the I'm time, talking about right. mentality wise. You know, that's yeah, just I mean, who he does he, is. Does like, he you know, them? yeah. Does he make the guys around him better? Not really, you know. You know, neither does Russ. So, <laughs> so it's like, I mean, neither does Paul George. But that's not really Paul George's game. So it's like, you know, so so it's it's kind of like the Warriors where they have a, a bunch of superstars, but those guys work together and, and want to make each other better better and on, and defensively to do that as well. And it's like for this team, it's like, well, the defense is going to be good, you would think, but it's like, well, their guesses, uh, I've seen it. It's like. Well, hey, Russ gets more energy so he can try harder on defense. It's like, well, sure, but we need to see that. It's not happened. Like you said, he's also, been in the league also, for 10 let's, years. Let's like, be, let's it's going to fucking magically Russ's, happen. Russ's defensive issues aren't necessarily effort or related as much as IQ related. Like, it re- I, absolutely. I don't see, I don't yeah. like, he doesn't pull the hard in standstill move, he pulls the jump in the wrong direction. Monte Ellis. Hyper, yeah, Monte exactly. Ellis. That the hyperactive, I'm gonna gamble, and when I get yep. a steal, it's cool. But like five other possessions out of it, I'm gonna hang my teammate out to dry. This is what people think Steph Curry does. 
Right. But Steph Curry plays the white man's defense. Like he's just in the right place always at the right time and plays really hard and is really smart on defense. Very like, gritty. Incredibly gritty. <laughs> I mean, but, but like, it's true. Steph, he's really Steph, good. Steph, yeah, Steph he, tries – like Steph – I'm sure Steph just wishes he was a little bigger and a little <laughs> strong just to like feel what it would be like to bully someone on defense once. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you watch him and it's like the, the times that he gets scored on is mostly because like dude is just like too small. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. and he can't jump. Like there's really nothing he can do about it. Um, but he's always in the right spot. And and like there was a piece that I think Marcus Thompson wrote where KD was yelling at Steph to, to get into position. And and they talk about it like a uh, like at the end of the game, it's like well KD ended up being was the one in the wrong position, and he was the one that was you know uh, that was mad, but he was the one that fucked up. It's like well that's that's the OKC tendencies, man. Like <laughs> like that's that's just dumb defense. Um, anyway, but I mean yeah. We've done enough OKC. We've, we've slandered them enough. We both acknowledge they'll be good, uh, and it'll be insufferable the way people try to proclaim them great. That's pretty <laughs> much what it comes down to. Yes, that's it. That, that's the one. So next one, are they for real? Um, we've got the, the kind of the middle teams of the Western Conference, so are, pretty much so everything four down. These are kind of the three sexy teams who these are my favorite are, are going to be on the rise this year for a good reason. Yeah. So the Wolves, the Nuggets, and the Bucks in the so let's um, let's start with the wolves. Are they for real? <sighs> yes. Like now, what, in what terms you, in terms think? of a five seed, six seed in the playoffs. Yeah. In in terms of like, I so we've argued about this offline. I don't I don't think they use Carl Towns correctly, and I think that's going to be their biggest downfall, like a year or two down the line, when they actually you know people well, so are saying this, like this will be the interesting thing because I actually disagree. I think they've used Towns correctly. The last two years, um, I just, but now they have a bunch of high usage guys. So it'll be interesting to see if they still kind of feed him. Cause well, that's aver- the problem. he averaged 30 points per game or maybe it was 29, uh, pretty much January on. So you can't say he wasn't getting touches. Like he had a bunch of assists too. Like he was clearly the focal point of the offense. Will he be the focal point now that you had Butler and Teague? These are all guys who, uh, use the ball a decent amount, right? And then you still have uh, Wiggins. So that's that's just a lot of guys. Like four, four guys who are used to getting a lot of touches. I mean, we even saw it with the Warriors. Like Draymond had to take a pretty big step back. Clay um, took, a, t- took a little bit of a step, but um, I don't think it'll flow as effortlessly as the Warriors did. So there's definitely going to be some um, who's going to take less shots on the Wolves. Well, I mean, it, the people think that the Wolves are going to be the one that takes down the Warriors a couple of years from now. I just think you can if Andrew Wiggins is going to be a person that's going to have a slightly higher usage rate than Kyle Anthony Towns. But that that's a that's a, that's a Wiggins question that you know that we don't so need to I spend thought, too I'm, much time yeah, I'm on. I'm with you, but anyway, this year. Um, this year, I, yeah, I like this year. Them, you know what? I might actually. I think they they may be the fifth best team in the West by the end of the year, but I wouldn't preclude the chance that they have some early growing pains with all those players and Towns and Wiggins being young that they may end up a six or seven seed if they gel man they could beat the Thunder in the first round like if they gel because my assumption is that the Thunder don't in crunch time but like if if the Wolves get to a point where their pecking order is, is like they figure it out and Tibbs to figures out that defense like Butler is a one right you've got Towns and he's in the post he's dominating um, and like, like we're both they play pick and roll team, with him. The, the team should be going through Butler and Towns. 
like but Butler generally, um, he isn't an overly selfish player, but he's clearly their first or second best player. Um, and he's always been kind of that's a dangerous team. team if they figure that out though, like offensively and defensively. So like if so Wiggins my, figures that out. So my thing is, it, it's probably unrealistic to expect them to figure it out to its max potential uh, this year, especially in the early part of the year. So if they get off to a good start where they're winning games, even without it gelling, they may end up that four or five seed. But I'm expecting them to kind of uh, drop some games they shouldn't drop and then be kind of really come into form in the second half of the year. I do. Towns is a problem, though. Towns. So the Warriors don't fear, fear Russ because he's predictable. They know how to play him. Towns is someone that they that they have issues with because they don't know how to play him because he demands a double team and then when they double him, you know that then it throws the whole defense off. They never really adjust their defense for Russell Westbrook, which is kind of why they, that statement went out there. Towns is one of those guys that forces them to consider uh, double teams and different stuff. Yeah, I mean he's he's too he's too quick for any actual big guys that they have, and he's too long and and, and he's strong enough to to battle with Draymond down. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's basically Draymond. It's pretty scary to be like Draymond. Typically, finds that one weakness in a guy, whether it's his skill level or his athleticism or his um, or his strength, and he doesn't really have an advantage in any of those areas or his towns, which is why it's a problem. Like he can't bully towns. But he can't, like, uh, Towns is probably more skilled than Draymond, right? He's easily as skilled as him, but then he's six inches taller. So it's just kind of like, it, it's a situation where Draymond can't quite find that advantage on him. Yeah, that, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be tough. My, my next one is, uh, I want to talk about the Pelicans, but you want to go Nuggets. So go ahead, go, go Nuggets. Oh, well, Jokic is the best player in the league. So, um <laughs> No, I think the Nuggets will be good. I, um, I'm having a hard time deciding where. Like, I, I think they'll be a playoff team for sure. Um, for sure? Okay. 75% confident. Like, 80%. Yeah. I would, I, I feel comfortable with them being a six seed. Wow. I think they know how to play together. I think uh, Millsap fits perfectly next to Jokic. Um, I think they have a ton of wings who know how to play off of Jokic. I think they'll probably be a mid-40 win team. They won 40 games last year. Why can't they be better? Most of their team is young. Yeah. um, I I mean, for example, I like the the Blazers more. Like, it's kind of boring. And I think that, like, the the Nuggets are kind of like the fun team. Because they, you know, they've gotten to Jokic and they've got those guys and they've brought in Millsap, so they're kind of up and coming. And and really, I'll be watching them a lot too. But um, like for example, like the Blazers have gotten there, right? They've made the playoffs. They're, I mean, it's probably only a couple. Yeah, of win Blazers, difference, Blazers but it's are like, kind of one of those teams where everyone kind of boring everyone focuses, and under the everyone focuses on what they can't do versus the fact that like they've done, they have made the That's playoffs two years in a row. That obviously, Damon. Everyone focuses on the fact Damon CJ suck on defense, but it's like. They are damn good on offense. Well, same with the Nuggets, but like, but but if you were to play a series right now between the two, and that's not how it's going to work. But if you had to play one game or even like a best of five, like you would pick the Blazers, right? Like, yeah, I they're think the. So, so I mean, um, that, that it depends. It's kind of boring. That's the thing. Yeah, 
Um, but they don't neither play, team plays defense, I guess. So you can kind of. So, so I guess. Like, yeah. So I think they're both um, they're both legit. They'll both be they'll both be. Um, I have them both in the playoffs as of right now. Okay. Um, so you don't have the Jazz Grizzlies, I assume, and then. And we don't have to talk because those are pretty boring. I want to talk about the Pelicans because I think they're fun. I think um, they've got the two. They've got the two big guys. I think Anthony Davis is still someone <clears throat> who I think is better than Towns right now, and and who I think might end up better than him anyway um, in the future. I know that's not that's not one that people tend to agree with, but I tend to um, I tend to feel like the team uh, the team who gets Anthony Davis, who's established. It might be the one who beats the Warriors. Boston like it, Celtics. Like, I mean, if yeah, but if they eventually got him in a couple of years, that's that's a problem, right? Because he's never played with. I mean, he's never. We'll see him with Boogie, but that's still kind of an odd pairing. We've never seen him in a team where he's had options around him, right? Yeah, no, I mean that's true. I mean, this is this is. I like it. I like this. This concoction of players is not is not great. It's not perfect, but it's. I mean, Jurajan Rondo is out, but to make the, I think it's good enough to make the playoffs. I think yeah, they've got if they're, maybe if they're enough healthy, shooting, which apparently is never a given with them. But uh, yeah, it might be a good thing that Rondo's not playing, though. I mean, and, and Drew Holiday kind of fluky, you know, out last season. But injuries, Drew kind of also... makes a lot of sense with Boogie and AD because he's not. He like, really does. He doesn't pound it. Boogie kind of likes the ball. Boogie. The weird thing about Boogie is he's kind of like evolved into being like a supercharged Marcus on offense. You know, you know what I mean? Like he's he's yeah. taking around the high post. Yeah. He's a great passer, um, and especially with like what he can do when he gets the ball in the post it, or the high post. If you if you send an extra body at him, it's just a lob to AD every time, right? Like that's a, that's a difficult tandem to guard. Like, and they worked. I mean, like presumably hypothetically they are a really good fit because they do pass um and they both can shoot they both can space they both can score in the paint and like they're not going to have any you know one ball issues because you know nobody else is going to shoot and, well, and they, they can, can they can both play on and off ball that's a thing like exactly either, like they they're not um that double pick and roll is unstoppable oh yeah <laughs> like imagine that double pick and roll um and if you have drew and they you know maybe in Clark, maybe tony allen and you can yeah, squeeze I mean, some they're, defense they're, in they're, squeeze some shooting like issues, like clearly the wings are a problem you know, but, like, as most, always most but... teams don't most teams don't get two big men like that without having to give something up right so, but I like them. I think they're fun, and I think um, uh, that that's what I'm looking looking forward to. I mean, like we don't we don't need to see the Jazz or the Grizzlies again. Like guys, we know, like the Jazz are going to be incredibly boring, um, and we know what they do. We know what they can't do. Uh, the Grizzlies are going to be a team that could completely fall apart, right? And so it's like I, I, still, I, I still believe in the Grizzlies. I still think um, I got to see them fall apart before I think they will. I just think they're too like uh, they're too they're, gritty. They're they're obviously not the Spurs, but it's that same way where like they're not going to beat themselves and they're not going to like they're not going to quit on games that they may just um, sneak their way in. So who do you have as the bottom four outside of the top four? Uh, we we both have the top four as the similar, right? I have Houston two, Spurs three, and and Thunder 4. <clears throat> and, uh, I, I got I that I, I got Thunder above the Spurs right now. Okay. Um, okay. So how about 5 6 7 8? Um in no order at the moment, we'll go Wolves, Nuggets, Pelicans and uh Blazers. 
the hell? We have the same exact. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we I have the I, same exact four. I like I'm it. with you. Yeah. I don't think Utah's. Uh, I, I just don't think they'll be able to score enough. Like they, they'll defend their asses off, but like at a certain point when your best scorer is Joe Johnson or Rodney Hood in 2018, that's a problem. Yeah, in 2000, yeah. Like it's just, it just is. Like they're, like, they're going to be a team who loses a lot of close games because they can't generate just the shots they need down the stretch. And they're like the highest passing team because, well, guess what? Like, shit, you got to pass the ball if you, nobody can. Like, they, they absolutely, right? like they, have I, they absolutely maximize their potential. But, like, they're, they just don't have. You got to have someone who can make a play when the, the opposing team kind of has your, your set scouted, right? Yeah, like, like the KD ISO or a Steph Curry dribble around and jack up three, right? Like anything like that. Even Joe Johnson, I guess they have that. But it's like they're, they're the type of team where it's like next year you're going to hear about Rudy Gobert shooting threes. Like that's how desperate it's going to be for them next year. Um, so, um, well, maybe Donovan Mitchell. or Exum's out for the season again, so that, that sucks. But, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's um, nice, but he's a rookie. So like, yeah, when, yeah. Whenever, so really I hear, <laughs> whenever I hear people hyping up like, oh, Mitchell, he's a player. It's like if you're, if you're counting on a rookie to be the guy who puts you over the top, you're not in the playoffs in the West. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I have the same four as you. So any, any other West teams that, that you want to bring up? Suns, Lakers, <laughs> Kings. I mean, I'm watching, I'm watching Kuzma go off right now. Jeez. Shoot. Can you imagine that if he's better than ben, Brendan Ingram? Like, yeah. Brendan Ingram, the guy that the guy that's he's supposedly, two years, he's like... He's two years older than him. I'm, I'm still an Ingram believer. Yeah, he's 20, right? He's the Harrison Barnes. He's, Harris, he's got the Harrison Barnes. You giving him the Harrison Barnes? <laughs> the, 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 he's still young? He can dribble. But, uh, yeah, that's that's true. I've, I've heard he can. Uh, he's long too, so you know maybe that'll work. But whatever, Lakers. Who cares? So we've got actually we've got the Bucks. So we're gonna go into the East a little bit. I think two teams we're gonna talk about. We got number one the Bucks. I like them. Um, they're gonna be fun at the end of the season, I think, because uh, Jabari coming back. So, but you threw this one in. So what what specifically? Uh, uh, well, I, I assume I, that I, kind I, of threatening I, the top teams. Yeah. So I think they're they're kind of the the sexy team in the East to be like the third the third the contender. To, to the, yeah. And um, I, I'm not quite seeing it. I think they'll be really good, but I think they're probably still below the Washingtons and Torontos of the world. So How about just, in a playoff series, though? Like, how about, like, fully healthy? Let's say Jabari comes back healthy. Like, do we think, like, because I think they can I don't know what Jabari. I, I don't know what Jabari looks like after two, knee, two ACL surgeries. Like, that's, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's a, that's a lot. And Giannis is absolutely amazing, but, like, the, the lack of a shot is kind of a problem if he's going to be your go-to guy, right? right. You kind of have to, like, you're not just going to be able to dunk on everyone at all times. So Well, because their upside also comes from the fact that it's just him with the upside. Like, Middleton's great, but you know what you're going to get. Malcolm Brogdon's like a 35-year-old second-year player, so you know what you're getting from him. And then who else have we got? Like, Don Makers. I mean, he's got upside, but how much? So it kind of depends on and it's also kind of uh, like Jabari. Thinking Thonmaker is going to be something is kind of more like being a fan than kind of looking yeah. at it objectively. Like, at least let, let's see it. Like, he, he can clearly play in the NBA, and that's, that's great. Uh, but, like, is, is he a difference maker? Eh, not yet. So you're hoping, essentially, for, for Jabari to, to make a leap as like, as, like, the next slasher, right? I don't really know what the comparison is. Maybe, I guess, I don't even know, Paul pa George, maybe? I don't even know. Like, yeah, somebody that, that's a great He's kind of like uh, a DeMar? taller, taller, taller Paul Pierce. 
is what I get. Because he's not like Jeez. he's yeah, not I mean, super athletic. He's kind of, but he like knows how to like get everywhere on the court. He can shoot um, more mid range than than deep. It's just just a score, right? Yeah. So you know, I guess what's the you know put Demar Derozan on the Bucks, I guess, and and can they beat the the Raptors or the the Wizards? I guess I know. You know, I don't know, but if 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 Giannis is going to be one that takes the takes the leap and he's suddenly able to make a jumper, like last year he wasn't able to, sh- he was too scared to shoot threes against the Raptors there in that playoff series. And like, that's that's why I go back to yeah, which is is fine because in general he does so many things which help you, right? But if he is your go-to guy, exactly, he has to be able to uh, shoot from the outside. Otherwise, he's much more suited to be kind of like the the number two guy. Well, that's like why why when John Wall and Bradley Beal, when they, like the, the the league's most unaware team, when they talk about how <laughs> they're like a, the contender or the best backcourt of the league or whatever, it's like, dude, like guys can't even get out of the freaking first round, and John Wall is out here throwing up like Whoa, James Harden. They're always in the, the second minute. round. Or yeah, yeah, I guess get past the second round. I guess um, who they sec- lose to last year. Second round in the East is the first round in the West. Let's be real. <laughs> like the Wizards wouldn't beat anyone in the West nah. any of the past four years in the first round, or, or make the playoffs. But um, yeah, no, they, they they might get an eight seed. I might I might take them over Portland last year. But yeah. I mean, that's what we're talking about. They're more of a Portland level team than they are a uh, absolutely than they are you know any sort of like OKC or Spurs. And to be fair, like I think the Celtics are, are even that level of the season too. Like I, I think they're so, like they're that's the our, they're, that's our that's our next one. Uh, that's our next one. New so, year, uh, new Kyrie. You know, Kyrie <laughs> seems to be loving Boston. Um, <laughs> uh, the dating pool is more style. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm kind of uh, so Boston's got a huge fan base. So obviously, they're always gonna there's always gonna be a bunch of hyperbole, like the same way there is with the. Um, the Lakers, anytime they have anything, right? Like, it's not, or like the Yankees or something, it's not good, it's it's great, you know? It's like they're not... Jason Tatum is the next Paul Pierce. You yeah, they're not, they're not up and coming, they're already there. <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean, Tatum's actually why I kind of not sure what to make of the Celtics, because they're depending a lot on young players, and like, granted, they're depending on like, Brown and Tatum as like, 6th, 7th, 8th men, that's still like... You know, that's that's kind of a heavy rotation expectation for a young guy if you want to win deep in the playoffs, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 I think Ainge is a little smart, though, just because, like, he knows that he can – he's got young guys, and I don't think he – he knows that he's not going to beat LeBron, right? He knows he's not going to beat him now. <clears throat> he knows that he's probably not going to beat him next year either, so he's kind of hoping that Brown and Tatum – uh, grow into like Igadala esque, I guess, like super role players, right? Or more. Here's the thing: I don't, I don't even maybe know. They, maybe I, they grow into more than that, but it's like, yeah, he's not, he's not necessarily so. giving up his flexibility. Um, uh, but I don't think they get there. Like, what do we really see out of? But I mean, that might be just me hating. But it's like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, like for them to actually be stars, like Jason Tatum, uh, maybe, but like Jalen Brown can't dribble. I mean, he can't dribble, and he's, like, a, not really a shot creator. So if he's going to be a star, he's got to be, like, an Andre Iguodala type. But Iguodala can dribble. Um, so he's got to be a super lockdown defender, right, well, to become a star. Stepping back on that, I think they're um, – I think it's too young for me to make a uh, assessment on what they can really be. Um, sure. But that, that's kind of also why, I, you know, cool your jets on Boston a little bit. Like, these guys – like, if they develop – they can be 23, 24 when Kyrie's 28, 29 
and who knows what that team looks like, right? Like that could be something, right? So, um, but the interesting thing is like, uh, at least if you've watched the preseason games, like Kyrie's been a little, he's passed it a little more, been a little more uh, adept to the motion offense. <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm curious about. Cause like, if you put Kyrie in Isaiah's position last year, he's clearly the, the more talented player. And if he's willing to like work off ball and do that sort of stuff, he's going to just score a ton efficiently. Right. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like you, um, hope, but will he, but will he, I think, I think he will in the regular season. Then I I think like it's honeymoon stage, right? Like you're willing to do anything during the honeymoon stage. Like you'll buy flowers, you'll buy whatever it is that you need to. Uh, but when it comes yeah, down this is, to the playoffs, this is the uh, this is the um, your whining and dining room stage. Yeah, they like haven't you're, you're... they haven't seen the real you yet. <laughs> That's when it gets ugly. So it's like come come playoff time or or come crunch time. It's like same with what I think with Melo. It's like you're you're gonna revert back. I don't know with Kyrie. I, I think with Melo, it's gonna be that way because Kyrie's still relatively young, and there's a reason why he left, right, LeBron. <laughs> but <laughs> like with. With you know, with with guys like that, it's like you know what's going to happen in crunch time. They'll just be who they are. Like they're not going to change. Uh, which brings to my point: it's like you hope these guys, like Melo, Kyrie, or or you hope these guys are are unselfish and kind of do it for the team. But you look at Steph Curry; it's like that's who he is. Like that's in his DNA. That that, that so that that's kind of to me what makes it. Uh, and I know John uh, Tarks uh, wrote a piece on this, but it's kind of what makes like the Warriors who they are. It's like Steph is. You don't have to ask him to do these things. Like he's willing to play off ball to to help out Harrison Barnes get a max deal. Like he's willing to, to just sacrifice what he has to in order to, to have his team, you know, beat yours. So um, it, it's, it's just interesting how we ask these questions about the other stars while yeah, Steph Curry so, does enough, enough credit to, but know, I think, to actually do it. But I think that's what makes Boston interesting. Cause maybe, maybe Kyrie needed this. Maybe being I think put, he in might, a, yeah. maybe put in a team with like a very good coach and with unselfish teammates and kind of like the right culture, it brings out this like side of him that's a little more of a team-oriented player. Or <laughs> maybe he just is who he is. He's kind of a six-foot-two Kobe, um, you know, just an insane shot maker. But someone who like when it comes down to it, like that's that's who he is. Like he's not he's not um, he's not comfortable deferring when the going gets tough. So, um, I don't know. I, I do think that makes Boston one of the more interesting watches. Because, like, uh, he could fit into that offense, and every criticism we had of him in Cleveland um, would be, uh, you know, kind of washed away. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think there's a chance. I think uh, there's a chance he, he does fit in. So, that, that would be pretty interesting uh, a couple of years down the line. And um, it would speak to a little bit of how LeBron, you know, because we thought that he played that way because he wanted to, right? And, and we thought that, you know, that was the best thing that, that LeBron wanted and that was, like, the only ideal situation that Kyrie would want to play. And, and if he goes somewhere else and he leaves and, and he totally drastically changes how he actually – plays on the basketball court that that speaks a little bit to lebron you know we not know just lebron but just the way the Cavs were the whole time but yeah um i i do think that at least makes it interesting i think the reality he's probably it's probably gonna be somewhere in the middle he'll probably have some back and forths on it right yeah you think they get to the eastern conference finals yeah i think and so 
Um, I do too. Yeah, just just because they're so thin inside. They're yeah. not like yeah. Aaron Baines, man, they got the alt right cuts. <laughs> the Richard Spencer cuts, but yeah. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> um, all right, let's. So what? All right, let's do the next one. <laughs> wide open MVP race. I was just thinking about this the other day. So it's like Russ is not going to repeat because. Um, it just even if he plays as well as he did last year, like trying to fit two other guys in, it's, you know. Uh, so he's probably out of it. And then Harden dealing with the same thing with Chris Paul, right? Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, keep going. Uh, Kawhi's health's unknown. Um, I think Kawhi is probably still the front runner. And then, uh-huh, and uh-huh. then but, but I don't know. What if he misses a month? If he misses a month, he's out, right? And then LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it feels like it's setting up for LeBron to win it all, but but it felt like that last year. But LeBron, I mean, he's he doesn't care. He's gonna yeah. sit ten games so he can be fresh to destroy the <laughs> Wizards or you know the the, the whatever. Hornets, whatever. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I I actually do think it sets up a scenario where Steph or KD oh. can win it. But what do you think? I think it's a wide open race. Like uh, I I don't buy stuff like. Giannis, and I like. I just don't think the Bucks will win enough. Although apparently it didn't matter last year. <laughs> but you know, he's it, it was a historic thing. You know, like the triple double. Like, yeah. Hey, he averaged triple double. Like you kind of got to give it up to him. But no, you're right. Like I think we've you've like the pendulum swings right. And you actually brought this up before I did um, about Steph winning the MVP. Like I actually didn't even I didn't because I, I, I think Kawhi's gonna win it. And if I had to bet money, I'd bet on Kawhi. Yeah, um, I think but you still, make a good point. As I do, yeah. I mean, okay. So let's, let's go. With Steph like the here. shooting. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, <clears throat> pretty much from Christmas on, Steph averaged 26, 27 points, seven assists. In the playoffs, he averaged twenty-eight and seven. Um, he averaged the same amount of points per game as KD. Um, he he could put up the MVP numbers just by shooting his normal percentages. He just had a slow start last year trying to fit KD in like pretty much from, <laughs> cri- from Christmas on it. Steph led the team in shots. Um, and he kind of played his normal game and obviously he didn't shoot as much as he did the year before, but just because like you have KD, you're going to give him more shots than he gave Harrison Barnes. Right. Um, I do think it opens up the possibility that if Steph just, hits a few more shots and is averaging 27 and eight or something like that. Like it's hard to ignore it because every advanced metric favors Steph as being, it does. It always will. Advanced metrics will always favor him. And I do think there's him, the way he, the way they played with Katie being injured last year kind of reminded everyone. how. Man, people forget that one, dude. Like right. he just, they just walked into OKC, Houston, and San Antonio, San Antonio. Oh back my. to back to back, and he was the best player on the floor in every one of those games, and it wasn't close. Um, so I do think, I do think Steph at thirteen to one, which is the current Vegas line. I think yeah, that's the best odds. Those that, are the best. That ones. might be that might be your payday. Um, but as I've thought about it more, I still think if a Warriors going to get it, it's probably going to KD. So what did what did Steph shoot from three last year? Do you have that up by any chance? I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. Forty-one percent. And what and what's his career average? Forty-four. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's he like shot, forty-four. He shot, he shot um, 
basically between 44 and 45 percent um his mvp years that's so that's my point like let's say he shoots 40 because i know he shot like it just you you use the eye test last year and you watch him shoot and he shot worse than he did ever, than ever i think that might have been one of his lowest percentage years it so was actually his off, lowest percentage year of, of his career so really like yeah, less than rookie year his so, rookie so year, he shot 44 percent dude like let's say he shoots 45 percent this year like, let's say he shoots 45%, and um, he kind of takes back the reins in terms of the amount of shots you're saying he took the most after Christmas, right? And let's say the Warriors win 70 games. Um, I mean, it's it's either of those two guys. And I think, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, it's probably going to be KD. I mean, Steph won two already, so there's going to be a point where it's like, hey, uh, KD won the finals MVP. This is kind of his redemption tour. Although I think part of that's kind of mixed up now, just because of the way KD's acted this offseason, or like like a super weirdo, like just just definitely like kind of ruined the vibe for really I think everyone, even Warriors fans, like just was just a weirdo all offseason and just just odd man. He just spent too much time online, needed a girlfriend, you know, needed to go on vacation and just like need to spend some time away from his phone, like Clay or some shit, like. It's got to yeah, relax a little the bit. The answer is always be like Clay. <laughs> but so, but so part of that, it's like I don't think so. He wants people to feel bad for him. I think that's his thing. Like he wants people to feel bad for him. But it's like, dude, who cares, right? Um, so I, I, I think there's a little bit of that redemption t- style kind of thing. But at the same time, I don't think f- people feel that bad for him. So I think that's a little bit overrated. So I think if the Warriors win 70 and Steph kind of shoots up to his normal percentages, I think there's a chance that, that he wins the MVP again. Though, I mean, the third time is a little bit crazy, right? For a stacked team like this, like, that, that's, that, that's got to happen if, like, every other team wins, like, 55 games and the Warriors wins, like, 70, you know? Like, if the Spurs in Houston kind of play under, um, and yeah. they win, like, maybe 50, 58 games or something, and the Warriors are just, like, 10, 15 games better... I can and you've got ta- Steph. Like, I can definitely talk myself into the Steph MVP campaign, but like, it's gonna be a tough, it's gonna it's, be a tough sell. Yeah, I'm going with Kawhi anyway. So, who, who are you going with if you had to, you had to pick one? Kawhi. Kawhi is. Yeah. Um, the Spurs are gonna probably. Okay, if he's not, if he's not hurt, um, I might, I might put him as cool. a two or three seed. And if he's not hurt, he's clearly the best player on maybe the second best team in the West. And he's, I mean, I thought he deserved it last year. Uh, and it's just like, people are going to look at fun. it. They're going to look at Russ's team. They're going to look at, you know, Harden having Chris Paul. They're going to look at the Warriors. They're going to look at LeBron kind of like not trying for 80% of the games. And they're going to look at this guy and look at the win totals being in that same thing and think that's, that's MVP. Yeah, I actually had Russ last year, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll breeze by this part so people will, won't hear me say it. Um, and then so we have the last one, best shot at beating the Warriors. And, and I guess we'll go through predictions too um, in the West and, uh, and the East. I, I have Houston in the West. I know you disagree. I have Houston because I think that, uh, I think that Harden and CP3, I think CP3 wanted to come and play with Harden. So that matters, right? I, I think that they traded for Paul George. They traded for Melo. It wasn't like those guys wanted to play with Russ. Um, so I think that well, they Mel- wanted Melo did Melo, but, Mel- yeah, Melo but... b- clearly blocked his trades to get, but what he, he... you know, they had to kind of, they got to kind of convince him, you know, CP three wanted to, and they've got like, you know, PJ Tucker. So they've got versatility and it kind of, you know, it, it does make sense. Like they've got defensive versatility. Luke, Luke and on. 
I uh, mean, they've got guys, man. Like they've got they've got a wing, you know, brigade that can that can do something there. And maybe and maybe, CP3 maybe and, I'm overly cynical about Harden. Maybe I'm overly cynical about Mike D'Antoni. Like just the lack of adjustments in the playoffs last year kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. But uh, there's just nobody. But there's just nobody else. Is my thing. Like I mean, Spurs gonna are just going to be out talented. But yeah, go ahead. Who's your pick? Hey, the Cavs. I give LeBron. I meant. I meant like in the West, and then I mean obviously Cavs, but but in the West. Oh, shit. It's your after boy I, Russ. After everything I said, I might say OKC <laughs> has the best you're shot, the, but I don't think you're the a worst. Good shot. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't see anyone actually giving them a legitimate fight. Oh, if that, it's, that's uh, great. If it's a um, if they're healthy. Uh, yeah, I just I don't see any of the teams bothering them. Well, if they're so, healthy, just, LeBron's not going to bother them either. Just, so. just a night, you know, we, we got 82 plus 16, 96 game victory tour. You know, the thing is, like, if this is the this is this would be the year, like second year with KD. Integrated perfectly, right? You talk about year three and year four, they they might get sick of each other, right? So it's, you you start to see some slippage. I think we're gonna expect that a little bit. So if we expect like kind of a peak season, I think this is the one. Like this is the one where there's no nothing. Everything's still great. Clay's still here. Draymond's still, you know, nothing nothing on nothing going on there yet. Um, KD and Steph are still going well. You know, nothing too crazy beyond KD making fun of his shoes. So, like, all the chemistry's fine and, and everybody's healthy. So, I think this is the year if they want to win, you know, 70, 74 games and go, like, another 16-1 and one in the playoffs, I think this is the one. Um, like, everything matches up perfectly. So, final, um, final Andy Lou prediction. The Warriors going 80-2 and two and 16-0. And so, 96-2. and two. They're going to lose <laughs> once in Staples. And then they're going to drop... Uh, Probably a game Minnesota on a back-to-back. Yeah, got to get Towns, man. You got to convince them. That's smart. Good call. Yeah, so they got to they got to let let Towns win one and uh, have them come through in a couple of years. So, uh, but I think we have the the same right. We've got we've got the uh, Warriors and Cavs in the finals yet again. I might have to buy a timeshare in Cleveland. <sighs> what the fuck? <laughs> All right, man. Well, <laughs> what a way to. That's a perfect way to end it. We're uh, we're ending it here. Uh, if you're listening to this, come through dunk contest on Saturday. Yes. Live show with uh, Marcus Thompson, and Anthony Slater, who are I- infinitely more interesting than us. <laughs> but we'll goof around enough and make it interesting too. And uh, and we'll have a bottle between me and Sam beforehand. So you got you guys come through and drink that, a little bit with us. That is fake news. <laughs> All right. All right, later, All right man. man. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com